T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Jacob Albrocht. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. He's got all the insight on what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. And we welcome in our buddy Tim Fitzgerald, GoPowerCat.com, at Life of Fitz on Twitter. Uh, Tim, we're glad to have you. Exciting news in the Big 12 we talked about with uh, potentially Gonzaga coming into basketball. We'll talk about all that later if we have time because it's just there's too many things happening at K-State right now, including uh, a win for the ages last week, another massive horns-down opportunity for K-State this weekend at home. You had the beginning of the Jerome Tang era of sorts. A lot going on there in Manhattan. It's a busy time for the league. Let's start with K-State. Let's start with football. Let's have some hyperbole and overreaction. Is that the most impressive K-State win you've ever seen in the regular season? Oh, I like the uh, last sentence there. Yeah, in the regular season, it is. Um, I still can't explain everything I saw on Saturday. I'm kind of disturbed <laughs> by by how that went down. I, I it was so bad. I felt bad for Oklahoma State because uh, that was just complete domination. I haven't seen Kansas State do that to a non-conference team in a long time, let alone a conference team, let alone a top ten program. So I, it was really truly baffling. <clears throat> I think Oklahoma State's got some issues. I think they lose at Kansas this weekend. Um, I went back and watched that Texas-Oklahoma State game uh, to kind of help me prepare for Texas, and I thought, you know, Oklahoma State did a lot of these same things they did against Kansas State, but they just didn't pay the price for them like they did against the Wildcats. So I I think there's some some issues right now with Oklahoma State, but, boy, Kansas State was really good, really precise at everything they did uh, for the most part. You can look at offense and still see some plays they left on the field, which is probably terrifying to Oklahoma State. So um, I'm anxious to see if Kansas State can come anywhere close to replicating that again. What do you attribute that to? Uh, everything working so well for Kansas State um, on both sides of the football. I mean, it's got to be a lot of preparation, right? The scheme worked and the, the execution worked. But is it everything all together? Was there something that stood out to you to show why this worked so well when it did against Oklahoma State? Well, 
and he got back to the basics of football at, at origin, and that is uh, winning the line of scrimmage. K-State did that going both ways. Um, the offensive line was absolutely amazing. As I go back and watch more and more film <clears throat> from Saturday to try to help understand what they did right, I, I, I look at the offensive line in that game, and not only were they physically dominant, they were so well choreographed and how they worked together, it was stunning. Um, if you go back and watch the screenplay that went for a touchdown with Cade Warner, it is so well blocked, you, you couldn't teach it better. Um, you look at the Deuce Vaughn run when you zero in on, on the offensive line and what they're doing, it's absolutely incredible what they did to Oklahoma State on that play. So obviously they didn't do those type of executions on every play, but boy, offensively when they – when that line clicked, it was it was something else. And defensively, if Kansas State can continue to get <clears throat> adequate pressure on quarterbacks with three and four man rushes, so that they can keep the ball in front of them and and stop you know explosive plays, this is going to be a really hard team to beat because that's something they're going to try to replicate against Texas. Uh, you know, try to minimize the pass rush as much as possible so that they can keep an eye on really good receivers and incredible running backs throughout the game. Tim, when we go to Texas here, um, I, I rem- last week I said, you know, K-State to me, it felt like their defense had to be the reason they beat Oklahoma State. Obviously that happened. Their defense was certainly a big part of why they beat Oklahoma State. Just so was their offense. Is Do you think this defense can put back-to-back performances like that together? And I, I know we all want to talk about Will Howard and Adrian Martinez and the coexistence there, but how critical – Will the defense playing that kind of game be to what happens on Saturday? Do we have you, Tim? All right, we'll try to reconnect with Tim here uh, in just a second. We'll let Jad Jad get that. Tommy, I ask that because sometimes, and I felt this way last week, you know, we were all worried about Howard Martinez, Howard Martinez, but a, a, a piece of this and, and why I think K-State has an opportunity to go so far this year, whatever that ends up being, is because I've always thought they had a chance to have the best defense in the conference. We saw that defense flex. We've seen it flex a few times this year, Tim. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard the question, so I'll summate it quickly. We all want to talk about Howard Martinez, the offense, and what it did. Against Texas, though, it feels as critical to me that the defense has a repeat performance as the offense does. You're exactly right. And, you know, if that's possible, uh, this K-State team is going to be really good if they keep pairing it with really good offense. You look around this conference, and there's some decent defenses, but the best defense in the conference outside of K-State is Iowa State. We see how effective that is if you don't have an offense to go with it. Um, and K-State, um, you know, if they continue to give their offense those kind of opportunities, uh, they're going to put up a lot of points. You know, I, I'd, I'd like to see Adrian Martinez have a, you know, a really nice offensive game against Texas to kind of build the confidence in, in the entire unit. But, boy, I, I tell you what, you, you start taking away um, big plays from teams in the Big 12, and they don't quite know what to do, and that's what Kansas State's been able to do. You know, I, I feel like all this conversation over the last week or so, or actually maybe even longer than that, has been 
the the dichotomy between Will Howard and Adrian Martinez and the health of Adrian Martinez and how can Will Howard fill in and what does that look like? I mean, Will Howard played a phenomenal game uh, and it was so great to see him be able to have that kind of game in front of the home crowd at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Um, regardless of moving forward with Adrian Martinez, regardless of his health, what does a game like that in your mind not only do for Will Howard as the player, but also for the fan base uh, who they, they were finally able to see this quarterback step up on the biggest stage in the regular season against a top 10 team and absolutely play lights out. Yeah, it gives you a lot of comfort for next season and maybe the next couple seasons um, that, you know, K-State's not going to fall off the face of the earth. And you look at what's about to happen to Kansas State, no matter you know how the rest of the season plays out, it's very similar to what Iowa State is going through. They lost their running back. They lost their quarterback. They lost other key pieces across that team on both sides of the ball. And they really didn't have people to step up and, re- and replace and take the load, particularly on offense. And Kansas State now knows it has a quarterback. And when D.J. Giddens knows it has a pretty good running back, um, so I think there's a lot of comfort that even if they lose some of these playmakers or some of these, you know, interior guys like Cooper BB early or on the other side, Felix Andy Ozama on defense, if those guys go out early, there are some guys that offer some real promise on this roster that can step in. And the biggest question mark was quarterback. And that question mark has gone away over the last two weeks. Yeah. The- they can both exist, right, Tim? I don't think this is a controversy. Never have thought it. I think that they can be both be utilized in an effective way. I don't think there's any pressure on Will Howard to want that job solely because he has an opportunity now next year, I would think, um, as they groom Avery Johnson to, to – uh, I mean, if he plays the way he did against Oklahoma State with his you know size and everything else, he's got an opportunity next year to, to basically put on a dress rehearsal for the NFL at this point. Yeah, um, these guys, it's these crazy. guys can go exist, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when you talk to Will, he, he just gushes about Adrian like he's a, you know, a big brother. Um, they have an amazing relationship. This is one of the things that Chris Kleiman's really been able to foster um, team before self, and and not just in words, uh, but they, they truly seem to have accepted that as the way to do business in Manhattan. And that's a tough thing to achieve for a coach. And when you get everyone bought in like that, particularly starting at your quarterback position, uh, good things can happen. And I think we're seeing it because the sum of parts at Kansas State um, exceeds Texas, even though the the parts individually probably don't when you look at an entire roster. Uh, And that's that's why I think Kansas State wins. I think Kansas State uh, has kind of discovered itself. I'm not expecting another performance like that. That was kind of all-stars aligned. But I think they now know the things they need to do during the course of a game to, you know, really foster a successful outing. And that's just not the players. I think Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein and Joe Klanderman, uh, Kleiman's coordinators, have also come to the realization of what I need to do on game day to put my players in the best situation to win. The Longhorns are kind of a dangerous team. Uh, Jacob and I talked about it earlier this week. They're not consistently great. 
Um, you look at some of their their top performances, obviously blowing out the, the Sooners in the Red River rivalry, uh, 49-0. They played Alabama to a point early in the season. They're 5-3 and three overall uh, right now, of course. They're you know looking up at TCU and Kansas State in the top two positions in the Big 12 right now in the standings. But they're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. They've got Kansas State, and then they've got TCU. So they've got the top two teams in back-to-back weeks where they can uh, find themselves you know, back into that hunt for a Big 12 title. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the Longhorns and, and what you see the biggest challenges uh, coming into this game for Kansas State. Bijan and Robinson, uh, those are the two biggest uh, <laughs> challenges. And having a game with him is going to be so fun for college football fans, the fans that are in the stadium. They're both incredible running backs. So both play on Sundays in different roles. Bijan's more of a prototypical NFL running back that has amazing breakaway speed despite his size. And, of course, Deuce is the magic man. So keep an eye on Bijan Robinson. Uh, you know, two years ago in the pandemic season, um, uh, Texas is absolutely decimated with the running game. Kansas State's, you know, defense that just was kind of taped together by the end of that year. Um, and I'm sure this K-State defense, those guys that were around for that game, uh, are, are ready to shut the door on that. So it's going to be really fun to watch how the K-State defense tries to bottle up Bijan Robinson and, and also his backup. I mean, this is – this is a substantial one-two punch they bring out of the backfield. Let's talk about basketball, Tim. Um, K-State got the debut of Jerome Tang. Keontae Johnson looked good. Uh, Marquise Noel looked good. Maybe he steps into a bigger role with Nigel Pacon. I, I saw you pointing out the athleticism. I know you were locked into that game. Picked last in the league, which was fair at the time it was picked, but how much of an opportunity is there to exceed that expectation, and how good can this team be based off of the one exhibition now that we've seen them play? Again, um, the parts are a lot better for Kansas State as a whole than, than what they have been. Now, if Jerome Tain can put it all together, and we saw you know, the first half they looked really efficient and good. And Look, it's Washburn, but you know, also the reality is two years ago, Kansas State lost to Fort Hayes. So um, I didn't see any way K-State would lose this game or even be in a competitive situation simply because of that athleticism, because of the ability of those guys to just, you know, be heads and shoulders literally above the competition in that game. Um, And that's something K-State hasn't been able to say in a while. uh, And and that's really encouraging. So, you know, he's got a lot of parts here. And he's, he's gone out. Uh, and found a lot of parts from other programs that maybe weren't substantial players um, at those institutions, but uh, he saw something in them, and I think we now know what he saw, that these are pretty good basketball players that were just on the cusp of making a breakthrough. Um, So if he can put all this together, this certainly isn't the last-place team in the Big 12. Don't ask me who is because this conference is amazing. Uh, But this team is going to give a lot of problems around the Big 12 this year simply because of that athleticism and explosive nature probably in their scoring. So I know Jacob wants to uh, ask you about Gonzaga and, and the conversation with uh, with the Big 12 that they had. Uh, I, I believe it was last week where the reports that uh, they, they chatted with Brett Yormark, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I know how locked in you are uh, on the Big 12. And, of course, you know, the big news around the conference yesterday, 
Kansas self-imposing uh, four-game suspensions for Bill Self and Curtis Townsend. And then, of course, this morning the news broke about Louisville and their um, their results and, and their penalties uh, from that independent committee. Your take on where this stands and what things look like overall with not only Kansas but with these other schools that have been going through this process uh, through the committee to get those infractions resolved. Yeah, I, I, this has been a mess. It's been a mess for all parties, including those being investigated. Um, so I, I think everyone, in a weird way, will welcome a conclusion because the you know, black cloud will go away. Um, I think Kansas is reacting to what they fear to be far worse penalties. We'll see how it plays out. The Gonzaga thing is fascinating because we don't know the whole play here. He, you know, the Big 12 is just going to add Gonzaga as an outlier, non-football school. Uh, but I, I, I think there's probably a bigger play here. Or is he? I'm just going to speculate here. Is he trying to get Notre Dame to move from the ACC, all their sports except football, to the Big 12? And that'll be the balancing act there with the oddball number. Is he looking to add more than just one basketball school? And maybe having, you know, if you're 16 in, in football, maybe you're 20 in basketball. Is, is he attempting to <clears throat> leverage basketball in media rights in a way that has never really been successful or done before by making the Big 12 basketball product so valuable to a network that they have to overbid on football? There's just a lot going on here. And trying to keep up with uh, Brett Yormark can be a little difficult because he's thinking beyond the boundaries of what we've ever had. Um, and, and this is one of those things. You know, I've, I've pressed that maybe – adding an oddball school like a UNLV just to claim the Vegas market might be exactly the kind of outside thinking he has because he's not just thinking, you know, linear, the things that we see now in front of us, he's thinking a bigger picture. So I'm fascinated by this. I'm sure there's a bigger play involved than just Gonzaga. But, boy, you know, if you have a 16-school football conference and add four in for basketball, um, that's a weighty, weighty uh, conference in hoops, particularly with this quality. Um, and that has to have tremendous value in media rights in a way that no conference has ever been able to you know, properly apply So, with that combination of football I, and basketball. It's, I, I think I'm fascinated by Brett Yormark. That's, that's my feel on it too, Tim. I, I can't decide whether I think he's trying to leverage this to add football schools like – Okay, Arizona, you value value basketball. Look what we have going, and hey, Utah, and you know whatever. Or, and this is this is where I think my head's gone on it lately. Is I I think there is some value in the winter time when networks are starved for high quality content to create a basketball league that does have its own separate value. And and I don't know, I'm not smart enough to know how that could be negotiated out separately, but. Yeah, if that is the goal, it's really easy to consider. Okay, you've got Gonzaga sitting there. If let's just say it's just for basketball, right? If you're if you are, then just go poach the Big East, right? Because they don't have football schools anyway. Just go poach the Big East. You improve your national footprint, or maybe San Diego State, UNLV, and Utah and Arizona. Maybe that's the way you get them in for football. I don't know. But I do. I, I am yeah. in total agreement that it, it's not a singular thing they're trying to do. I think it can be. I don't know how that works out. Wichita State is a singular part of the American, right? Because it doesn't have football. We see that happen at times, and I guess that could be what happens with Gonzaga. But I highly doubt it with your mark. And for a guy who 
who literally turned Bob Bowlesby's prediction on top of its head instead of a 50% reduction, now according to reports has a 50% increase in revenue. Why not believe in that if you're a fan of the Big 12? I think it's doable because he did it with the football negotiation. He far exceeded expectation. If there's a guy to create this value in basketball, he feels like the right guy to do that. Okay, let's let's look at this from another perspective. And I agree with all that, by the way. Let's look at this from another perspective. Um, say a conference is trying to get KU and K-State into their conference or K-State and Oklahoma State. Going in and saying, hey, we're talking to Wichita State about joining might get them to go, hold on, you're talking about elevating Wichita State to our table, the same table, just a different conference, while we have an opportunity to go to that conference. I, I think there's a, a push here to say, hey, Oregon and Washington, we're going to be in your neighborhood. Why don't you join us too? Uh, because I, I think it's clear this isn't the only West Coast play, and he's not going to add uh, from what his comments are. I mean, it, it sounds like they need to add in football, power five institutions to get, you know, the, the elevators and the contract to trigger. And so I think they're looking at, you know, trying to get to 16, but part of that is probably a Oregon, Washington, Arizona. You ready to go? You ready to do this? Um, um, because he can't talk directly to them without them coming to him. So uh, there's just a lot going on. He's, he's an interesting dude. He is really pushing the boundaries and thinking outside the box. Uh, which uh, is the type of cliche he doesn't like to use. So uh, he's going to really, it's going to be incredible to watch the directions he takes the Big 12 because he's already reformed the uh, perception of what the new 12 will be. And I, I think uh, this only will fo- further bolster it because there's a bigger play involved to this. All right, well, we he's going to give us plenty to watch, and, and I just love the aggression in all of it. Uh, K-State football kicks off Saturday at 6 o'clock, FS1 unless – no, it, it will be FS1 for sure now because we will get a game six of the World yep. Series. So FS1, uh, 6 o'clock kick. You've got K-State hoops opening up on Monday night. I would imagine, Tim, that GoPowerCat.com is swimming with great K-State content. Yeah, it's it's really – the, once you get into the overlap, is what I call it, um, it, it gets uh, just overwhelming. We've got a lot of coverage. And, of course, as we get closer to Saturday, uh, which we are now, um, we're really locked in on the game. The PowerCat pregame podcast went up. we got some really cool content on Thursdays, um, a lot of free stuff for K-State fans to go read. And then, of course, 6 o'clock kick on Saturday, and I'm fired up. It's a huge game for both programs. All right, go powercat.com. Check out Tim's work there. You can always find him on Twitter at Life of Fitz. Tim, uh, ready for a wild and crazy next well, week. Let's do this again next week. I'd like to point out that I did such a good job of muting the dogs when they barked that I forgot to unmute. Oh, that was uh, that was earlier. Well, the dogs are doggos are always welcome on the show, so uh, they're they're just fine. No issues there. All right, Tim. Thanks. Uh, we'll talk to Tim again next week. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back Thursday night football. Um, what do we think about that? Our, our friends at BetQL think there might be an opportunity here, just kind of browsing around. We'll get into that when we return on Sports Daily. I think I want to hear this. 
Sports Daily is on KFH. Football fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first touchdown score prop bet on any Monday or Thursday pro football game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown in any Monday or Thursday pro football game. And if your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only. New and existing customer offer. For all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, here we go. Thursday night football. Uh, you get one really good team and one pretty bad team, right? Philadelphia at Houston. Same matchup we have in the World Series, oddly enough. But, you know, this is an interesting one, I think, Tommy, because it's, you know, from betting, in the betting world. You're taking a 13-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in a game like this in the NFL. That's the elephant in the room. Uh, BetQL, our friends, our partners with Odyssey, who we've worked with a little bit in the past, they like the Eagles to cover as one of their four-star bets. That's a pretty high. Five-star is the highest, but four-star is still pretty high. I think Philadelphia can cover. That's a lot of points on the road. I don't know, man. What do you think? What's your gut? I mean, I think we all would predict a Philadelphia win here, but but how do you see this game on a Thursday night? Yeah, the question becomes, we know it's a mismatch, but how big of a mismatch is it? Um, and is it a 14-point or more mismatch? Um, that's the question. Can the, can the Eagles win by two touchdowns? I think the answer is yes. Absolutely, they can. Will they win by two touchdowns in prime time? Uh, that's an even bigger question. And, you know, of course, anytime you get into multiple touchdown spreads, um, that makes it really difficult to want to jump in and bet that. But that being said, I don't disagree with the logic from BetQL in saying that they think that uh, the Eagles can cover, or will cover tonight. Um, so I, I don't think I'm going to actually bet that portion of the game. Um, but if I had to, I, I think that I probably would put money on the Eagles to cover. Yeah, if I had to, I would do the same. I like that more than I like the over-under. If I had to take that choice, I'd probably take the under because I just don't know how Houston's going to score much. So even if Philadelphia's offense has its way, you know, it's still hard to imagine. (laughs) It's still hard to imagine Houston getting more than two touchdowns here, right? Um, So 45.5 seems moderately high to me. But I, yeah, if I had to make a traditional bet, I the the promotion that I just talked about as we came back in has been one of my favorite all year on the first touchdown score insurance up to 25. I'm looking at it. You know, Jalen Hurts is the odds on favorite, certainly like his chances. AJ Brown has the same odds at plus 550. He had three touchdowns last week. Um, tight ends are always interesting. Goddard is plus 900. If you take a Houston Texan, you almost have to take Damian Pierce. He's at plus 900. I thought about maybe the Philly defense at plus 2,000. But I think I'm going to keep this one simple and just go with Miles Sanders. Houston has one of the worst 
rush defenses like ever. And Miles Sanders has been pretty good this year. It's plus 650, so that's not bad. I think I'm just going to go with Miles Sanders on that first touchdown and, and keep it simple this week. This is absolutely a game that we're going to see both running attacks probably have a, a significant amount of success. The Texans aren't terrible in pass defense. In fact, they've been fairly respectable uh, with their secondary this year, but they are near the bottom, if not at the bottom, uh, in the NFL in, in stopping the run. And so you've got Miles Sanders with an opportunity, and you've got Jalen Hurts with an opportunity with his legs to be able to beat the Texans. So I would take a look at that for sure. Any kind of player props that, that you can see with, whether it's Miles Sanders uh, or Jalen Hurts running the football for rushing yards or for touchdowns, that's probably going to be my play. Then on the other side of the ball, Really, I think the only opportunity that Houston has offensively is with Damian Pierce. Davis Mills is not going to give you a whole lot. Um, I don't think, and this has really been fascinating, separate from the game itself. I don't know if you followed the drama with Brandon Cooks in Houston. Um, he is not a happy camper. He does not like being there right now. He How wanted to be traded. Teams is that guy going to be playing for? I mean, Man, he, he asked to be traded. Uh, they've not played him. He's been out for the last couple of games. Um, due to personal reasons, quote unquote, uh, he wants out of Houston. So that's been dramatic also, but I don't see any way that the Texans can move the ball through the air. It's going to have to fully rely on Damian Pierce to be able to generate any offense. So I see both uh, rushing attacks being kind of where I'm going to attack this game from a betting perspective. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's going to be on the ground. But man, Philadelphia just torched torched Pittsburgh through the air last week. But yeah, I mean, when you see what Houston has done this year against the run, how do you not expect Philly to just run all over them? That's another reason I kind of like the under, by the way. Maybe the clock moves a little bit quickly. I don't know. We'll see. It's it's a game that's not terribly exciting. And I would say it's exciting because for a lot of us, it's our first chance to really see Philadelphia Right, We see them on red zone or however you watch them, but just sort of to lock into them. They've got a win and a big win over Minnesota. They beat Dallas when Dallas didn't have Dak Prescott. They got a win in Arizona, but they have not played just a monster schedule at this point. The Minnesota win to me is still the most impressive, even though it came at home. Um, We're not going to get that chance either for a little while. They get Houston and Washington and Indianapolis and Green Bay. Then they get Tennessee and at New York for, for the Giants. They just don't play a lot of tough games this year. I mean, Philadelphia ought to have a relatively easy road to hosting throughout the NFC playoffs. And so when we see these kinds of games and they'll likely win by a big margin and all of those things, I don't know what to make of that with Philadelphia because, great, you Beat up on the Texans. Who cares, right? Like, I, I just, they're going to be hard to evaluate all year. Yeah, it's really going to be interesting considering what their schedule has looked like, looked like in the regular season, how they're able to handle much tougher competition when they make it to the playoffs. Um, and, and I think that, especially when you look at what is happening in their division, um, I think the Giants, while they have a disadvantage talent wise uh they have 
they've got their best coach that they've had probably since Tom Coughlin um, and, and Brian Dable. And so there's an advantage there coaching wise uh, with Brian Dable that I think that may that elevate the Giants a little bit in that division. And then let's not forget about the Cowboys. Um, and well, no, not, that ceiling. Yeah, got, that, now that they that got to go is, to Dallas with Dak. Right. That's a big game, but it's like one of two the rest of the way. Depending on what we see out of Tennessee, we'll find out when they play the Chiefs this weekend. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And so I think that they've got that opportunity there, you know, in that division um, where, you know, it's not a cupcake schedule the rest of the way, all the way. They've got some some I I would say decently tough opponents within their division uh, with Dallas and even with the Giants still left. And so, um, you know, it's there. They'll be tested, but I don't think that they will be tested as much as they will need to be, I feel like, to make a deep playoff run. I, I, I'm i not convinced yet that Philadelphia, while they may be a playoff team, I'm not convinced right this second that they're a Super Bowl caliber team, except for the fact that the NFC behind them is kind of a jumbled mess. It is. Um, it is. But they're going to have home field. They're going to have I, – I just yeah. – I don't see another path. They're going to have home field based on the schedule that they play. They have the win against Minnesota. I, that's why, like, for the NFC, let me ask you this question. On neutral fields here, we're just going to consider these games being at neutral fields. San Francisco healthy or Philadelphia? Who are you taking? Man, with all of the weapons that San Francisco has stockpiled this year and acquired, you know, and, and you've got – that X factor of Christian McCaffrey coming in. Um, I just wonder, my only question with the 49ers is, can they consistently put it all together? And can these weapons stay on the field consistently? Debo Samuel is out right now and, you know, maybe out for a little bit. Um, we, we know what CMC, uh, his, his history of injuries. Um, so will they be able to remain healthy? Uh, and can they consistently live up to the expectations and the hype? Uh, the fact when they acquired McCaffrey and brought him in, um, they significantly raised their ceiling, regardless if it's Jimmy Garoppolo or not at quarterback. Um, I would say if they can keep it all together, yeah, I would probably take San Francisco as a more talented overall team than Philadelphia. See, I, and that's I asked you that for a reason because I love San Francisco if they get healthy too. But the reality is San Francisco lost at Chicago, lost at Denver, got smoked by the Chiefs, and lost at Atlanta. I don't know how we can reasonably compare them to Philadelphia right now. And, you know, that's they're the perfect example of— Did you see the way they played against the Rams last week, though? I did. I did. I've also seen the Rams play a lot of games. They don't look very good this year. It's not that—because, it's again, I, I like San Francisco, too. I'm just trying to prevent myself from talking myself out of Philadelphia based on the fact that they've played a week schedule because they've dominated their week schedule. When every other team in the NFC, like we're trying to make a case for 4-4 four and four San Francisco who has losses to Chicago, Denver, and Atlanta this year. I mean, that's... We're taking that, and, and some of that didn't come when they had... The Atlanta game came with all the injuries, the Chiefs to some degree, but... They still lost to Denver and Chicago early in the year. And <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, I, you know, so I don't, I don't know. Now they were trying to play with Trey Lance, and now Jimmy G, I think, does make them better. And they've added, 
I just I think we can we're and this is going to happen and this is why I bring all this up. We're going to continue probably to underrate Philadelphia all year long because they have played some bad teams. San Francisco's lost to some bad teams. Philadelphia has dominated bad teams. So if San Francisco's the next best, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Maybe it's the Cowboys who Philadelphia beat, but you know, Cooper Rush played that game. So I just in the NFC where it is been so uncertain, by the way, I still like the Vikings. I know you do too. Um, Philadelphia beat the Vikings. I it's just I think we're going to continue to underrate Philadelphia. And it's not saying anything other than it's just this weird year where that's going to keep happening. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and also keep in mind in that NFC West division, yeah, the, the 49ers, their resume so far is not uh, not mm-hmm. super impressive at 4-4. Four and four. Injuries, they didn't have McCaffrey. I get all that. Their talent uh, and that acquisition raises their ceiling. They've got that opportunity to turn that around and move forward. But keep in mind, they're not even in first place in their division right now. The Seattle Seahawks are. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know if Seattle's for real for a long term. I think they like, are. I think like they a are. Deep playoff I think they're run for kind of real thing, in this. They're they're for real in the sense that they're way better than we thought they would be. Way sure. better. And Geno seems to be just a perfect fit for what they're doing at the moment. I don't see some spiral out of control. Lose nine straight games for Seattle. Are they better than San Francisco for real? No, I don't think so. But are they for real in the sense that they're going to be a pesky team to overcome in the division? Probably. And who knows if the Rams can ever get turned around. They've got such bad offensive line problems. I think that's kind of hard to predict. Um, Philadelphia just has a good track to, to host it out. The Vikings are going to be in play, but they got a tiebreaker there. The Cowboys are going to be in play. We don't know if they'll have a tiebreaker there. Tampa's not going to get it turned around to that level enough to overcome them, I don't think, for the overall number one seed. And home field may not mean that much, but I'm excited to lock into Philadelphia a little bit tonight and just see if they can flex on Houston the way that they need to flex on Houston. And it's not their problem, but it's all of our problem that we're going to keep having them try to prove themselves as one of these teams that belongs with Kansas City and Buffalo. I'm not sure that they'll ever do that for any of us. you got to dominate these games, which they've done all year. So we'll see. Thursday Night Football... Uh, you'll hear it right here on KFH as you t- – uh, sorry, you will actually hear it on KNSS because we have KU's exhibition basketball tonight. So Thursday Night Football will actually move over to KNSS tonight. Pre-game coverage starts at 630. Uh, KU basketball and its exhibition game and all that added drama now with the Bill Self situation. That coverage begins here on KFH at 530. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll roll through. Uh, coming down the home stretch of this Thursday edition of Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jad sending out some receipts here. Uh, this is interesting. I'm glad you sent this, Jad. Our division winner predictions. Uh, we all had Buffalo. That's looking good right now. Uh, we all, is Tommy and I had Cincinnati, and Jad had Baltimore. Somebody's probably going to be right there. Uh, I was on an island with, oh, no, Jad was with me on Tennessee. Tommy, you had Indianapolis. Tennessee looks relatively safe. Um, Tommy, you had the Chargers. Jad and I had the Chiefs. Uh, we feel like the Chiefs are safe, although in reality, it's only a game difference right there. Um, Tommy and I had Philly. Jad had the Giants. Those are both still in play by all means. We all had Minnesota, which looks good. Um, we all had the Rams, which doesn't look good, although they're just, again, a game and a half back of Seattle, so anything's still possible. And then, of course, nobody got the NFC South right. We took Tampa. They're a game back. They could still win that division, uh, but – I'm surprised as unpredictable as the NFL has been that we're all that close on our division winners up to this point. Uh, I, I don't feel like I am at all. I've, I don't feel like I picked well at all at the midway point you did. of the season. You were fine. Like, there wasn't I anything the Chargers. I picked the Chargers well, to win the AFC West. The reality is they're only a game back. So, yeah, it doesn't feel like they're going to catch the Chiefs, but they're only a game back. Um, Indianapolis is the one that's not going to help you out. Indy ain't winning yeah. that division. That, my my other, Indy pick know, was not good. And I, and I get it. Indy may be the biggest disappointment of this season, by the way. I, I think that would I call Indianapolis the biggest disappointment of this season? I think I would say yes, because I still think there's hope for Tampa. There's hope for L.A. that there's it's a long season. You know, They don't have some crippling injury that totally prevents them from coming back. I didn't have high expectations for Green Bay anyway. Um, Denver's in the conversation with Indianapolis, but even Denver, Tommy, feels less hopeless than Indianapolis. Indianapolis feels hopeless right now. I think they both feel hopeless. I'm not sure that I want to rank them. It's kind of like 1A and 1B. Uh, they both, I mean, I think what makes Denver significantly more hopeless than Indianapolis is the amount of money that's tied to Russell Wilson yeah. for a long time. You know, at least Indianapolis, they know it's not going to be Matt Ryan. And they can, you know, go draft somebody um, or they can try to acquire somebody else if they want to. At least they've got flexibility there and Denver has none. But if you were forced to put the mortgage down on one or the other of who would end this season with more wins, Denver or Indianapolis, I still think the answer there is Denver. 
yeah, if we're talking specifically this season, um, yeah, yeah, okay, I I can maybe get on board with that long term. Uh, it's significantly more hopeless, I think. They're, they're potentially more hamstrung. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Indianapolis made an investment at quarterback, too, but it was a one-year investment in Matt Ryan. Basically, a one-year investment. That's why they pulled the plug on that, is to get out of the future investments on that. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll put a bow on this edition. Jad, our winner was uh, somebody from Andover. Who won our Black Wakanda, uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever? Jared from Andover. Congratulations yep. to Jared. Uh, we'll give away those movie tickets uh, a little bit later. Tommy, what's up? Oh, that Tommy. See, we're on our video chat, and I thought he raised his hand at me. Uh, he did not. Maybe he was just picking his nose. I don't know. We'll we'll go to the video review on that. We'll be right back. We'll wrap up Sports Daily after this. I'm just standing in a doorway. I'm just trying to make some sense. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.